Welcome to part one of episode seven of the I Digress podcast. I'm your host, Aurel Chanel. As you all know, I'm a fanatic for my hometown of Cleveland. So I was thrilled when Stephanie Sheldon and I began exchanging notes that eventually led to recording this podcast. A bit about Stephanie first. She is a truly beautiful human in many aspects. She's inspiringly driven, she's generous with her energies, and her perspective on business, community, and the human condition are, well, life-changing. Stephanie is best known around Cleveland as the founder of two successful businesses, Indie Foundry and the Cleveland Flea. Both of them are based on delivering and cultivating success for others. Indie Foundry supports the creatives, makers, and doers by providing them the tools and advice that they need to make their dreams a reality. Cleveland Flea is a creative business incubator for makers in the city of Cleveland. In Stephanie's words, it functions as a pop-up town square for the nearly 175 business owners that are currently exhibiting there. Alright, I'm sure you're sick of hearing my voice. Let's hear how these businesses originated and why a woman who grew up in northern Michigan would settle on Cleveland. So, I knew I wanted to come to Cleveland. I had studied it when I was in grad school, but also I was dating someone who was from Cleveland, and people who are from Cleveland are obsessed with Cleveland. They want to get back like none other. And it was infectious to me. So when I moved to Cleveland, I would walk around and I'd talk to people like, why are you here? If you're not from here, why are you here? They were so down on themselves. And I was like, oh, this is a city that needs me. You know, it all boils down to the fact that, like, I understand people that need to feel loved. And Cleveland is a city that needed to feel loved. And it needed to be able to feel like it could own itself in a really positive way. And so my colleagues were going to New York. They were going to L.A. They were going to London or Chicago. And I was like, I'm moving to Cleveland. And they're like, why? And the really simple reason is because Cleveland needed me. Cleveland needed to be loved. I moved to Cleveland right at the start of the recession, a couple, like a year before that. And so I was working for an architecture firm and then it closed. And I had, and that was really amazing to me because I had the choice to, um, I, I went on unemployment for a while and I was, Doing, I was a really good side hustler. I'd always had a side hustle. I was always doing something creative on the side ever since I was like 10 years old. And so I was like, oh, cool. I can like create wedding invitations. I can do design work and figure out what I'm trying to do, you know, while I'm kind of getting paid for half of my work. And that's the type of time when we go into recession that people rely on themselves. So I became this person that everyone was, everyone would find me and be like, I'm supposed to find you because you're the person who I became this like Mecca for people who had some creative passion, but didn't yet know what that meant. And I was like, why is everybody trying to find me? Like everyone who had an interesting idea and didn't know where to go next would somehow find me. And I didn't even know why that was happening to me. But I think it's because I was constantly so energized by, like, I would talk to people, like, yeah, you could do this, you could do that, and this is what could happen, and Cleveland could do this. And, like, I just always see possibility. I'm, a, I'm like, a big visionary. I always see possibility in everything. My attorney described his place in Cleveland. Um, he's, like, the generation of Slovenians that um, his his parents watched the decline of their Slovenian neighborhood, and he was born into ruin. That's how he describes himself. And so all he sees is possibility, where his parents, all they see is demise. 
So the so I was the same way with Cleveland. I all I saw was possibility in Cleveland everywhere. And everyone who lived here, all they saw was depression and decline. And I just could never see it. And so I became this person that everyone would find because they knew I I didn't believe their stories. I think is really what it was. And that's when I started Indie Foundry. Um, and I used to describe myself as like, oh, I'm a former architect. Uh, I just like I'm trying this on the side. And then finally, later on down the line, I decided to drop that because it was so apologetic. But I was really nervous about like having a master's degree and spending like, you know, 70 grand on undergrad and grad school combined and then just not following that career path. You know, so I decided to become this person who would help creative people decide how to become a business owner. And I did that at the same time while I taught myself how to do that as well. So Indie Foundry started because I really wanted to help people turn what they loved into what they did, what they made into what they did. And I also like selfishly and maybe not so selfishly, but like I wanted to find people that were like me. I needed, I really needed camaraderie. I really needed other people in Cleveland that were creatives and that were doing things. I needed to know them and have them near me. And so that's why I started Indie Foundry. And it wasn't until later that I started to describe it as for independent founders. At first, the meaning of it was that it was you know, indie means independent and foundry means like the merging and the forging of ideas. So it was this place where you would, if you were an independent, you would forge your ideas. And then it became sort of transferred into this other meaning, which is that it's for independent founders and for people who are visionaries. One of the wonderful things about Stephanie is that although she is very pragmatic and results driven, she also has such a positive air to her. And it's no wonder that Clevelanders are drawn to her. We love to see a positive vision, not only for ourselves, but for our city. As for the flea, let's hear about its roots. The flea market was born out of that because so many of my clients were makers, and they just did not believe they could make any money doing what they were doing. And I was like, what is wrong? Like, why can't you make money? And they had no access to clients. And I was like, oh, I'll solve that for you. I'm just going to create a market. So, like, I had no experience in this, but it didn't matter to me because I'm a results-based person, and my result was to deliver money into the hands of these types of people, and within the last four seasons um, or five seasons, which is about four and a half years, I've I've delivered $6 million into the hands of these people, which is what I set out to do, and so it didn't matter to me that I had no experience in it. I would just figure it out because I had my goal defined, which was to make sure these people knew that they could make a living doing what they loved. No big deal, right? I got this. You got to love that shit. And damn it, she delivered not only on a marketplace, but an experience that locals in the know love. A big reason for this is the people that Stephanie surrounds herself with. I really like how she describes the types of projects that she gets involved in. So like, I don't work with anyone who is trying to like get rich quick. I don't work with anybody who isn't interested in building value into the thing that they do for the people that they do, that they love. Um, so like really it's not about me deciding if their concept is worthy or not. It's about their commitment level. I won't work with anybody who doesn't have a high commitment level. And that means that they have, you know, they're not blase about like, Oh, well, maybe I could do this or I'm not sure. Like 
Like, I only want people who give a fuck, you know, who literally give a fuck about doing something and that it feels scary to them. The thing that I really coach people on, like the type of coach I am, like, is I'm a coach of about fear. I'm a coach of the big thing that stops people, which is that they are scared to do something. And that requires that you care about it in some capacity, because if it didn't matter to you, you would not be scared of doing it. You would not have fear. You would only be looking for me to create some like strategic marketing campaign, right? And like, so the only types of clients that we really work with at Indie Foundry on phase one um, are people that actually give a fuck about this thing and are extremely terrified to give us money. <laughs> extremely terrified to bet on themselves, really. That's more accurate. You know, so we're not graphic designers. We're, we can do all those things, but we really are graphic designers for people who need to overcome fear and who have a lot of value for the world if they were able to believe in themselves. Now, I don't know about you, but I find it motivating to hear from someone who is unabashedly bold. Stephanie may have backed into doing what she loved, thanks to the quote-unquote misfortune of being laid off during the recession, but what she did once she figured out her calling is truly inspiring. Now, this is only part one of our chat with Stephanie. Be sure to turn into part two, in which we discuss a topic that is somewhat uncomfortable, misogyny. Thanks for your time. Now get out there and get shit done. I Digress Podcast is produced by Matthew Petrakowski, music by Nuts. Thank you, Stephanie, for being you. I'm Aurel Chanel. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It would really help. 